you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. The Around the NFL Podcast is part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined by a room filled with heroes. Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What up, boys? Hey, Dan. Can I... TD has yeah. crafted another drop. That's that had to come say, straight from the pen. You could tell the ones that come from our listeners, which come from us, and then come from our producer, who is just all hyped up about Marvel products and what of kind nature. of nerditry was that? Guys, guys, come on! I'm just trying to keep you guys in flow of what's happening in the real world. It's not just all about oh, the, the real NFL. world. Marvel, the Com- Avengers Marvel two Comics trailer, is real world just dropped. Okay, and I'm trying to keep you guys in the know here. Okay, I'm, I'm helping you guys. <laughs> Did out. you pen that money? Tag, I did. That was me. Wow. I've actually used it before, but I thought I'd bring it back since it was timely. Stressing. Mark, welcome back. Uh, We've thank lost you. control. Yeah. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, you were on a Ferris Bueller type day off yesterday, and you already told us before we started spinning today that if we're not done in T-minus 44 minutes, you're walking out of the studio. So it seems like we're heading in a certain direction with you as a member of this group. The show, uh, you know, it's it, it, in real time, it's about 2-something p.m., and my shift ends at 3, and I'll be leaving at 3. Wow. Greg, Greg, your thoughts about this Shit. with uh, mid-season reviews coming up, employee Just, reviews. Yeah, no, you don't want to be, you don't want an employee that's counting the hours, that's a clock <laughs> puncher or what what do they call that? Oh, I like to see it that I'm giving you a clear defined boundary about what my availability is. <laughs> One of our uh, Twitter followers by the way yesterday said that they'll no longer listen to the show because they're tired of all the bickering. They think we don't get along with each other. <laughs> we don't bicker. Uh, well, that seems to be a big loss on our part. I, <laughs> yeah, I don't know how we're going to move forward without that deeply serious person. Speaking of bickering, we need to get your opinion on the last, at least the last five years of the show, Friends. Wait, I no, love how you frame not. it. What a silly way to frame it. Yeah, it wasn't the last five years of Friends. It was Friends in general as an entity right. in the 90s. Okay. I, I thought Friends is was a very solid sitcom for what it was trying to be from beginning to end. What's the that's a what is this? That's a, a press conference topic? answer or something? <laughs> yeah, it, well, I've gotten a lot of uh, my Twitter feed was blowing up this morning with all Friends heat. Yeah, Wes we, was straight uh, threatening to block people over. I uh, let the record show I never did block anybody over Friends. And it did show, but like, I really did really want to block the effete ones. What is that? You know, well, like all the male characters on Friends were very effete. They were dominated by the women on the show. Oh, that see, this is what we were talking about in the cafeteria. Wes has a whole theory. We don't even have time to get into it. <laughs> just, yeah, just know, we all know at this point where Wes stands on Friends, one of the definitive sitcoms of the 1990s. <laughs> we have a, a big, big, big preview show. It is week eight, gentlemen. Uh, we're we're moving on. We're almost halfway through the season. Mark, I see the glint in your eye. You already see the finish line. It is not even close to being halfway. <laughs> when you factor in the playoffs, it's <laughs> like what you, if you, around week 12 is when we're at the midpoint. I mean, what if you factored in the preseason? Well, the preseason Ooh. doesn't count. The Why start not? Of that's, training the worst, camp. that's the worst month of the year. Well, I don't know. That's in the past. <laughs> there, yeah, we move forward, and we have a full slate of games. I guess what we should do now 
is get into the games. Let's talk some football because, as we said, we're against the clock here with Sessler, who's already got his time card in his hand. <laughs> uh, so we'll start. But before we get to the games, we need to wrap up the Thursday night game, of course. The Thursday night game that uh, we were very excited about previewing in Wednesday's show, the San Diego Chargers against the Denver Broncos. We'll throw it to the late guys tonight to recap the game. Thank you, Dan, and welcome to Around the NFL Podcast After Dark here in a dim Studio 66. Just watched the Denver Broncos dispatch our team of ATL San Diego Chargers 35-21, to 21, but it was a fun game. Chris Wesseling, is this Broncos team better than they were a year ago? Yes, and I, I think significantly better because they could have the best defense in the NFL. Wow. It's so crazy. I mean, did you pick the wrong year? Last year, you were kind of you were on the Broncos train. Early on, you said this is going to be the greatest offense ever. You're kind of that was your team. You got assigned to them each week. I think you picked the wrong year because this team's a lot more fun than a year ago. I I couldn't agree more. I, I I really liked their offense last year, and since the beginning of this year, I really liked their defense. Von Miller, he's in the conversation with J.J. Watt now for Defensive Player of the Year because I just put him in there. <laughs> well, you you're not allowed to do that on your own. Uh, I, I Everyone did. else has to. No, actually, it has to go through me. I <laughs> don't agree. You can't really take away what J.J. Watt's done. But you're right. If it wasn't for Watt, Miller's next. In each game, he seems to dominate a little more. Yeah, he's leading the NFL in sacks. And he's the thing about Von Miller that most of the country just isn't on board with yet, he's one, he might be the best run-stopping linebacker mm. in the NFL. It's not just the pass rushing. Two tackles for loss in the run game tonight, three quarterback hits in the sack. And, you know, our guy, DJ Daniel Jeremiah, Jeremiah, who does the great Move the Sticks podcast with TD. See, without Dan here, we'll just give it <laughs> plugs. There'll be no negative talk about it. TD is loving it right now. Uh, he, he made some plays today against DJ Fluker, Von Miller, that is, that just made Fluker look like, like an also-ran. And that's a pretty good player, DJ Fluker. Well, I think Daniel Jeremiah's point was with DeMarcus Ware on one side right. handling left tackles, Von Miller is just putting clown suits on right tackles. Right. I forgot his point because I went off on my own <laughs> stupid tangent. But this defense made life so hard on Phillip Rivers tonight. I think the Chargers offense especially gave a pretty good effort, at least the passing game. I think Rivers had to play pretty well to average six yards per attempt because he was under duress the whole game. He got hit six times, two sacks. The Denver defensive line absolutely dominated the Chargers in the run game. So every time it was third down, it was third and long. And yet, you know, the Chargers kept moving the ball. It took an A game or, a, you know, an A minus B plus game from one of the best players in the league just to kind of keep up and keep it somewhat interesting against Denver. I think you have to give Brandon Oliver a pass. Because he had absolutely no holes to run through. 12 carries for 13 yards until a meaningless uh, late he, carry. Even when he caught the ball, they had a spy on him on defense, and there was always a defender within an inch of him as soon as he caught it. I think if there's one weakness, Rivers played great. If there's one weakness, that dink and dunk offense isn't set up to come back against a quality team like the Broncos. Yeah, that's true. They just needed to make one play. You know, I, I put something up on Twitter. It took the Chargers longer for their two first two touchdown drives than it did for the Broncos' first four touchdown drives combined by a couple minutes. So they, it takes a lot for them to move the ball 
down the field. But, you know, if they got a couple breaks here or there, you know, Eric Weddle had an interception of Manning in the red zone. That put was, him on your Pro Bowl ballot. Just, yeah. just do it. If you're listening, just put Eric Weddle he, on your Pro Bowl he's ballot. He's been incredible, and it was overturned by a bogus penalty. It, if that doesn't go against the Chargers, they're still in the game at that point, can maybe make it a one-score game. Weddle also forced a fumble that the Chargers didn't recover. Wes Welker, who's been silent as a receiver, made a nice play to recover the ball. So some breaks went against them. They're without their cornerbacks. But those are excuses, and they're now – maybe in a position where it's too late to catch up to the Broncos. They have two division losses. They're two games back in the division. And I look at the Broncos and I'm thinking, is this team even going to lose three games? The hardest part of their schedule is over. They, look at the teams they've faced so far. All the best teams in the league. They, they've taken them out. Arizona, San Francisco, uh, San Diego, Seattle, Indianapolis. I mean, those are five of the teams that are in everyone's top ten of the power rankings, and Denver's just mowed through them. We haven't even talked about their offense. Right. Oh, yeah. Well, Peyton Manning. He's Emmanuel right. Sanders has a career game. He was spectacular. Uh, Ronnie Hillman, I, you know, to me, Monte Ball, forget about getting your job back. Ronnie Hillman, Ronnie Hillman looks fantastic. You were, I think at one point, you just you couldn't help yourself. You're like, man, look at the speed on that guy. He is fast. I know TD. I think TD likes the Ronnie Hillman. I do. He's on my fantasy team. But just like <laughs> Wes was saying, he just he just hits the hole harder. He's a lot faster. Than he him. does, and he had a, a 33-yard touchdown call back on penalty, and it stepped out of bounds by about a centimeter on another one that could have been a touchdown. He could have had 175 yards and two scores tonight. It's funny. Sometimes, you know, a script gets written on a player right away because of your first impression, and all anyone thinks of is Ronnie Hillman as some bust who was fumbling early in his career and wasn't ready. Well, he's 21 years old at the time. He's only 23 in his third. He's younger than Monte Ball. Right. He's 23 in his third season, and you know what? Sometimes players improve. Now they've got a one-two punch. I don't know. I think Ball might get get the starting job back. Maybe not. I think they'll split carries. But Hillman's shown that he's a huge factor. Emmanuel Sanders might be making that Pro Bowl. I mean, he's starting to pile up some big games. Demarius Thomas gets 100 yards every week. He's now leading the league in receiving yards. You can survive if you're the Broncos, a game where Julius Thomas and Welker doesn't do anything. Steelers fans have to be scratching Ugh. their heads and asking, where the heck was this guy in Pittsburgh? He was dropping passes, <laughs> running the wrong routes, getting injured, and all of a sudden now he's one of the most fundamentally sound playmakers in the NFL. Well, like you, you said, doesn't it have something to do with Peyton Manning? It does. It I'm, does. Sure, I'm sure it does. Because We've heard a lot of how Peyton Manning, how he coaches his wide receivers. Yeah. DJ, on, on the Mooley Stakes podcast, he spoke about how he spends time with wide receivers after practice, and you got to give props to Peyton. Absolutely. You stole my point. TD, not cool. Yeah, <laughs> because one of the things when I look back, we watched Emmanuel Sanders all the snaps last year over the offseason. We had some disagreements, and one of the big things with him is there were there was a lot of miscommunication between him and Ben where they weren't on the same page. But you don't see that with him and Peyton. So what's the difference here? Ma- Peyton makes him get on the same page. I think he runs a lot more vertical routes now in Denver too, whereas he was in the slot a lot in Pittsburgh. They're so good, it's scary. I mean, they're the best team in the NFL. And I think this is the best defense Peyton Manning's ever had. We went ba- I went back and looked. There was a really good statistical 2007 Colts team that was actually ranked number one in points allowed, number three in yards allowed. You didn't remember them as a dominant defense. They went 13-3. and three. They actually didn't even get out of the first round of the playoffs. They lost to these Chargers. 
and Phillip Rivers. I think this defense... Seems like the year Bob Sanders was Defensive Player of the Year. They have Franey and Mathis. Yeah, it was the year the Patriots went undefeated. The Colts, like, didn't even get to them. But I don't know. I mean, you throw in Brandon Marshall has been a revelation at linebacker. Chris Harris and Keith DeLibre both playing at a, a Pro Bowl level. Bradley Roby's a, a solid player. Raheem Moore made some plays tonight. I mean, they have Demarcus talent. Ware. Right, and they're Malik Jackson. They're dominating pot the front. roast. They're, yeah, they're loaded with talent, and they're fast on defense. They are a different team than the one that was embarrassed in New Jersey. When was that? Just uh, what eight months ago now, and I and yeah. I don't know the way things are looking. It just seems like the road through the AFC. I know it's early, but it just is looking more and more like the road through the AFC is gonna you know go through Denver. Think back to all those names you just mentioned on defense. How many of them were there in the Super Bowl? Practically none of them on defense. Yeah. It's incredible. All right. Uh, that's enough. Broncos love makes me sick uh, for the night. No, actually, I'm, I'm, I'm liking this team. This is the They're most fun like, to watch. This is the most likable Broncos team since Jake Plummer was in the mix. All right. All right. Let's send it back to the guys. All right, that was good work there by the B team. Uh, as we know, Sessler <laughs> said any team that he's not on is the B team. Good job, B team. That's not accurate how I phrased that, but that was more of a B-team combination. Uh, <laughs> all right, so let's move to Sunday. And we have a, a nice slate of games, uh, a tough slate of games. If you if you pick games every week, there's a lot of very uh, games that could go either way. It's not one of those weeks where you think you know what's going to happen and then you, you're proven wrong. It's actually a week where you go in not sure what's going to happen. So let's start with three games, as we always do every week, that jump out to us. And we'll start with the Packers and the Saints. The Green Bay Packers playing perhaps better than any team in the league right now. They're just rolling over the opposition. And then on the other side, you have the Saints, who are 2-4 and four and uh, are welcoming the Packers into their building. In past years, maybe we would say, all right, now the Saints are going to get healthy. They're in their building. They're going to take care of business. But we don't know what to make of the Saints right now, even in their own building. How do we see this game? I waffled on this one. I originally picked the Saints because they play so much better at home, and I think they're a little bit better than their record. And then I thought about it and decided they're not better than the record, and they haven't played well at home this year. <laughs> and their Jimmy Graham was a non-factor. Pierre Thomas is injured. I just feel like the Packers are so much better right now that I can't pick against them. And they're actually Green Bay's defense is a big factor here. I mean, I know it's tough to hold Drew Brees and company down at home, but they are second in the NFL with 14 takeaways, and no team is holding quarterbacks to a lower passer rating. That's not something we often say about the Packers. Is that right? We, we've yeah. talked about how good that secondary is, and it's deep. And they're starting to get some production. Clay Matthews had his best game of the season, and it's been a very disappointing year for Clay Matthews until last week. Nick Perry's playing well, and they've been kind of looking for someone else to emerge from that front seven. But I still took the Saints, getting the hero pick on it in New Orleans. Ooh. I'm going to get it right because, well, first of all, it's not a crazy pick. They haven't lost with Sean Payton as the coach for 19 games. I watched them last week in Detroit, and I thought they were really turning things around. The defense played much better. The offense played well, did much better against the Lions defense, for instance, than Green Bay did earlier in the year, did better than anyone's done. And I thought that was their step in the right direction, and they gagged at the end. But this time, Sunday night, the home crowd, I think they get it done. Here's the, here's the person I'm looking forward to seeing in this game, Drew Brees. We talked West. You know how I love my trusty week <laughs> eight, my research notes. Oh, uh, my god! The gosh. great people at NFL Media – a lot of work goes into this. Look at the pages and pages of info. Drew Brees, 10 consecutive, <laughs> 10 consecutive incompletions uh, last week. That's something he hadn't done 
ever in his career. The previous high was uh, uh, seven straight incompletions in 2012. Drew Brees is not Drew Brees right now. And how, how do we factor in how do the Saints get back on track if he's not playing at the levels that we're used to? I, I still think something's wrong with him. I thought last year he was the most composed quarterback in the NFL under pressure, was great in the pocket, escaped pressure like it was so nonchalantly, like it was nothing. And this year, according to Mike Triplett of ESPN, he has the worst quarterback rating in the NFL when he's under pressure or, or getting hit. It's well, just something's ooh. not clicking with him. Well. First of all, he's getting more pressure. The offensive line's not playing. It's not a great line. Jimmy Graham not being healthy is a huge factor. Brandon Cooks, I don't know. You can scheme plays for him, but he's not a guy that's getting open. Colston's a year older. Breeze has always been a risky quarterback. People forget a couple years ago he led the league in interceptions. In 2010, he had 22 interceptions. He's going to keep throwing, and that's why he got in trouble last week with that late interception. He was trying to make a play, and this year I don't think the people around him are nearly as good. I know we hate talking about must-win games, but I'm sorry. If you're New Orleans, you have, if you really realistically want to talk about the playoffs, and I understand they're in a bad division, not just sneaking into the playoffs but making a statement, you have got to take care of business here at home. Two and five is pretty brutal. I felt like their home aura was punctured. Last time they were home, which mm. it took a crazy comeback to beat the Bucks. I mean, of all team, the yeah. Bucks, And this could be the one that kind of, all right, enough of this Sunday night football. Every time they're on Sunday night football at home, they win by 30. This would seem to be the week that would end. We turn this into a must-win game, and yet the Panthers play the Seahawks this week. Panthers could be 3-4-1. and one. Even if the Saints go 2-5, and five, they're fine. I'm but, looking more because we called them the Super Bowl team before the season. I wouldn't say they're the fine season. at 2-5. and five. They're, they're not. I, I actually think they would be. The, the idea is to start playing well and start winning games. They haven't really done that. And I think they took a thing. step last week, but not really. If you fall to 2-5, and five, yes, in this division, you're not dead. But if you look at their schedule, their next five weeks, there is not a gimme in the group. So they, they cannot fall too far behind because then their, their margin of error gets smaller and smaller, and all of a sudden you hit the seven losses. And, and we know done. they're not a team that's going to win games in the playoffs on the road. Or any games on the road at this point. I don't, they're not for real, right? We'll gonna, find out. Yeah. Moving forward, the Baltimore Ravens. AFC North showdown. They took over first place last week, uh, moved to 5-2, and two, and they're beating teams soundly. And now they go to Cincinnati. The Bengals have, haven't won in about a month. They started out 3-0. Uh, and oh, Then they had the bye week. They lost a tie, another loss. So the Bengals have lost their way a little bit. They're still without A.J. Green. He's not going to be back this week, is he? We're not expected to. They, we yeah. won't know for sure until Sunday. So no A.J. Green, and we know what that means for Andy Dalton. However, they are at home. We've talked about it before. They're a very good home team. Will that be enough to hold off the Ravens, who suddenly look like a real AFC contender? A couple of weeks ago, I thought I picked them to beat the Panthers because they were so good at home over the last you know, 15 months. And they tied the Panthers, who are a very mediocre team. Uh, to me, the Ravens are just so much better than the Bengals right now. And even like we, we think the Bengals' secondary – held a lot of quarterbacks to the worst game of the year, and they've been torched the last few games. This was in week one when they played each other, the one game from Baltimore where their offense did not look the way we thought it would. He threw, what, 40? It was, no, 62 passes, passes, which was the debacle from last year's opener against the Broncos. They have completely followed the script script that we thought they would since with Gary Kubiak's offense. Like, 
really, this is an interesting division. But if they if they take care of this one, this is the team that suddenly has separated itself from the rest of a very schizophrenic pack in the AFC North. And yet you took the Bengals. I mean, when I looked at the picks, I was just hoping some suckers would take the Bengals. Mark and I both took the Bengals. Dan and Mark both take it. It's fantastic. The Ravens are such a better team right now. I think they're one of the best three or four teams in the entire NFL. And the Bengals, if they don't have a great defense, I don't think they have much of anything, and they haven't the last few weeks. Couldn't happen to a nicer organization, but I will say that (laughs) weird stuff has happened. Yes, the Ravens. It's so weird week to week that I have no problem taking the Bengals. I'll tell you why I don't don't have a problem taking the Bengals. You have – we know the Bengals are great in the regular season. At home – they are. They were great 10, when they had AJ Green in the lineup. I'm just That's going over. Back. That's 10, over. That's it's over. It's a new season. Uh, although last week we were saying they were fine with a, without AJ Green. Let's calm down. Who's this week? I didn't pick them last week either. You were the only one that picked Everybody them. How'd that work out for you? They, they are, didn't score they, a point. They are not, nor have they ever been fine without First AJ of all, Green. Greg, speak with respect to the hero king of the group. <laughs> now hey, with you got six that one. hero picks. You got that one wrong. Six hero picks, six out of 11. Uh, so deal with that reality. 10-0-1, the Bengals are at home uh, since last year. No A.J. Green, but they are a very good home team. 0-1 and, since last week. And Well, well that's <laughs> not just, correct. I'm, well, you've got to get that right, I'm too. just taking the sample size You've got to get but... that right. If you're going to drop that hammer, you've got to get it right. They tied two weeks ago. That's, that's not a win in so my book. So let's move forward from that. Well, they also, what do they rely on right now? They were a team that you talked about, the defense and the offensive line. Andre Smith, who Chris Collinsworth was talking about as the best right tackle in the league, has gotten thrown around like he a rag. Worked, worked over last week. I mean, he got thrown around. Andy Dalton, I swear, did not really have that bad of a game. It was just <laughs> that the entire offense around him was so wildly dominated that no quarterback, you know, save maybe a top five guy, was going to do anything that week. They had 21 yards in their first 24 plays, something like that. And really, it wasn't Dalton. It was everybody else. And one thing about the, are they okay without Green, they, we're starting to learn that scoring 37 points, which is what they did against Carolina without Green the week before, is what every team is doing against Carolina's defense right now. We'll see. And uh, even though, Greg, you know you picked the Bengals, by the way, right? Yeah, I said I'm okay. fine with that. All right. I'm but rolling with the Hanses on this one. Just wait until Sunday night. Don't in the words. The guy in the purple and the guy that got very dressed up for the podcast <laughs> will be eating the words. All right. Moving forward, the Philadelphia Eagles uh, head to Arizona to play the Cardinals. Another good home team, the Cardinals, but this is a, a matchup where the Cardinals maybe haven't been that impressive uh, overall at, uh, in getting out to a nice start this season. The Eagles, on the other hand, are coming off their bye, I believe, right? Yes, sir. 5-1. and one. Uh, This is a very competitive game. So two 5-1 and one teams. What do you guys think? <laughs> I feel like I... What's so funny? No, very well said. Good <laughs> intro to the game. Let's proceed. I feel like I've picked each of these two teams wrong every single week of the year, and I probably will pick it wrong again this year. I this week, I picked the Cardinals because they're so good at home, but I'm not convinced they're better than the Eagles. No, I think the Eagles, we don't know if their offensive line is going to be all the way back for this game, but they did have some guys back at practice this week, Jason Kelsey and uh, Evan Mathis, and I think that performance against New York before they went to their bye was enough to convince me that they're kind of turning the corner. I, I like the Cardinals, but I think they're kind of a fraudulent 5-1 and one team. 
and the Eagles are a legitimate contender. I don't know about fraudulent. I mean, I, I don't, to be honest, I have no virtual memory of who I picked in this game, but I hope I picked Arizona because they've earned my trust how, at home. How are the Eagles not a fraudulent 5-1 team with all those they were. defense and special no, teams? No, they were, and that's touchdowns. why I haven't been able Thank to. Thank you for asking Greg about that. No, you're right. Uh, and you don't believe in their quarterback. I don't. They The Cardinals have a better quarterback in this game. People saying that Carson Palmer's arm strength is diminished after the shoulders. I don't see it. He I, looked better. I watch the games and he looks fine. He looked better this week. The week before in his first game back, it was But even then, he's shaky. completing some passes deep outs 15, 20 yards down the field that that's what you need your quarterback to do. So I don't think his arm strength was a problem the week before. I, I don't know. I don't trust this defense, and I, I think the Cardinals ev- defense. Eventually, the Cardinals defense. Eventually, all the lack of talent that they have right now and what they've lost has to show up. I'm that's sure what I, I say every week, and I get burned. <laughs> that's true. I'm not sure I really trust Philadelphia's defense yeah. either, though. I mean, this is this is a hard one to pick for the fact that there isn't that dominant group against total weakness. I I think it's going to be go right down to the end. Wes, you took the Cardinals. Why do you think they'll win? Uh, coin flip. <laughs> Hashtag analysis. Uh, just just because they're home. And my, I, they play so much better at home than have. they do on the road. My favorite part of the week is when Mark learns what teams he yeah, picked. Who did you think you picked? <laughs> I think I picked Arizona <laughs> then switched it to Philly. Well, it looks like you might have got this right. Eagles are your pick. Uh, Patra, Sessler, and Greg all picked the Eagles. Wes and I took the Cardinals. So another split right there. Not feeling good about that one. This one could be interesting. All right, so let's move on to the part of the Thursday show where we, we talk about you know, we all make our picks, and sometimes one of us is on an island. An island all alone. They pick a team. They believe in them. They're the only one. We call this segment Defend Your Hero. Defend Your Hero. And this is really it's going to be an exciting Defend Your Hero. Mark Sessler Back in the saddle, he has two two killer uh, hero picks we're going to get to. But why don't we start first with Kevin Patra, who is obviously not with us, but we're going to have uh, Chris Wessling step in to Patra's shoes. Uh, Patra probably at a gym somewhere getting yoked. So that's what he does. And working out his aggression. That he, that's uh, one of the things he does. Yeah, one of the things, one of the many things. But anyway, so the New York Jets have lost every game they've played since week one. Uh, they just acquired Percy Harvin, who's going to be – in the mix, uh, at least on special teams and maybe a little bit on offense, uh, they are now hosting the Buffalo Bills, who are 4-3, and three, a surprise team. They're winning. They're winning, uh, perhaps lucky, but they're winning. Uh, Kevin Patra took the team that's winning lucky over the team that's sliding, and he was the only one to take the Bills. So I ask you, Chris Wessling, the mailman, defend Patra's hero. Well, this is easy. Jets lose every week. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) The Bills have the more consistent quarterback. They have the best offensive weapon in the game in Sammy Watkins. They have – the Jets are supposed to have a better defensive line, but they don't. The Bills do. To me, the Bills have a stronger team. By the way, Greg, you did – and this isn't really your fault, but because I feel like a lot of people react the same way. When when Wes said that they have the more consistent quarterback play, you went, oof. But it's a painful world you're living in when Kyle Orton signed up. But he's not playing that bad. What? Kyle Orton, as much as we all have our, our fun with him, is doing a pretty no, good he's, job. No, he's, he's not playing well. bad. He's fine, but it's a bad sign for your organization when a guy who signed out of retirement a month <laughs> ago is more consistent than your future quarterback. Well, but once, I mean, they're throwing 90 more yards a g- per game with Orton, and he's, they're playing a defense that's given up 25, 24 more points six games in a row. 
I don't know why Ouch. I picked the Jets. Well, they almost just beat the Patriots in New England. They're they're not playing. Right. They're not a good team. You know, I've been pounding the table with that all year long, but they're not quite this bad. I don't think they're really a one and six team. And I, I think they play the Bills well at home. And I, I just see this being a game. I feel very confident, so confident, in fact, that it is my Duracell, which is an amazing, mm. amazing battery. Very brand. strong battery company. Yeah, the life of that battery is outrageous. I picked this as my lock of the week. I think the Jets will get back into the win column over the Bills at home. Uh, I feel very confident about it. And I, and I have a Sessler that we will see a impact Percy Harvin special teams play. Mm. Can I take off on my Sunday. Patra hat and put my own hat yes. back on? Yes, yes. I think the Jets will win, despite what I just – forget everything I just said two minutes ago. The Jets will win, and I – I mean, look what, look at their offense. They go from David Nelson and T.J. Graham at wide receiver to Eric Decker and Percy Harvin. And let's not make Kyle Orton into uh, you know, Johnny Unitas or anything. They had 10 points against the Vikings in about 12 drives, and one of those – was a short field where they only had to make one play. So they essentially, their first 10 drives against the Vikings at home last week amounted to three points in a short field touchdown. It's not like the Bills' offense to me has been great. It's They don't have a running game. They're injured at running back. Even when they had Spiller and Jackson, they weren't really running the ball very well. Uh, there's been a lot of debate in the fantasy football community about Anthony Dixon versus Bryce Brown. Mm. You don't trade a mid-round draft pick for Bryce Brown and then have both starting running backs go out and not even play him? I mean, this is exactly why they traded for him, because they knew Spiller was a free agent, and they wanted to see if Brown could become that role in 2015. To me, it's a no-brainer. Bryce Brown should get more of the work over the next month. This is one of those hero picks that annoys me, though. You know, I'd like to just change my pick to the Bills just to spite. Well, we, and Greg, we had, we had an early yeah, IM conversation yeah. where we almost did exactly that, yeah. and we, and we didn't, and I don't know it why. Just I just, this is why we all went with the Jets. But, Greg, you and I were both on the same page 24 hours ago, I thought. What? That this seemed to be shaping up well. Oh, no, that's why I took win. the Jets. I, yeah. I wasn't yeah. waffling on it or anything. I just... I just don't like it when a 4-3 and three team has a hero pick against a 1-6 and six team. That's fair. That's a very fair point. All right. Uh, all right. Now let's get into Sessler's picks. We'll start with the one that is uh, a little less controversial. What Mark did, uh, he took two teams, and this will be a spoiler for the second game, that are 1-12 combined on the season. But he's got them both winning this week. And we'll start <laughs> with the Jacksonville Jaguars, who coming off a big win. Oh, there's some connective tissue here, actually, uh, over the Cleveland Browns last week. Now they're going to uh, beat the Miami Dolphins, Mark says, who have played uh, very well, actually, since uh, Ryan Tannehill has kind of put his game back together uh, after Joe Philbin's genius motivational ploy to not name him starter uh, ahead of the London game. Mark, you think the Jaguars will win two straight after losing their first six? You think the Dolphins will once again stub their toe? Please defend your hero. Couple reasons for this thinking. Number one, not everything is logical, so let's start right there. And we're, I'm not, I'm not going to debate every mathematical turn to this thing. But <laughs> I don't even I, know what that means. Well, because it's that's you, a hero. Sometimes just you, you just get a feeling. Sure, you sure, roll with sure, it, right? sure. Of course. But rewatching the Jacksonville Browns game, you're the it, godfather of feelings. It, well, then often they're incorrect, and, and that could be happening <laughs> it's right now. Led here. you to a first place right now. So far, leading the pack. Ow. Jacksonville's defense has... West fell another game behind, by the way. Who He says he's going to overtake me, but now eight games. Back. I like Dan, Dan now. He told me he now no longer cares if he wins the competition. He just wants to bury yeah. Wesley. You're a game it's personal. at I like first this. place. It's personal now. 
All right. Well, I you got to care about this Jacksonville game, though, because this is your chance to oh, yeah, get right I back into first place. Segway. I like uh, yeah, that. I care. Nice seg. Go. Trying to get back to the discussion here. So, uh, I mean, for me, the Jacksonville's defense against the run has done a very nice job three of the last four weeks. Hmm. Surprisingly good. And their secondary, especially their safeties, did an ex- excellent job against Cleveland shutting down their passing game last week. I Miami, point two, is one of yes. the more inconsistent teams in the league. And you'll go do what they did last week, and because of that, we'll go pick them to win a second one. I don't think so. I Here's think Jacksonville's going to take this something game. Something interesting, because your boy, Bill Lazor, has clearly has made some strides here with Tannehill. Coming together. Here is what he's done, and I wrote a post about this today on Around the NFL. They, they've cut down on downfield passing because Tannehill can't do it. They've shrunk the field, <laughs> and the, the results are there. He has, Tannehill in his past three games has completed 72% of his passes for 800 yards, six touchdowns, three picks. He has three straight games. They're even running some read option. He has 35 yards or more in the last three games. The guy's moving the ball. They know how to use him potentially now. The laser, who's your boy, looks like he's making some real progress. Not this weekend. <laughs> I don't I don't even think it's the short field as much as they're giving him quick reads. Mm. And he doesn't have to read the field as much. That I think that's what the difference is. And when, when he does have to read the field, he's getting a lot of time to do so. I mean, that touchdown to Mike Wallace last week, he had about 10 seconds back there, and he goes from left to right, and he goes to about his third or fourth option was Wallace for the touchdown. One of the turnarounds of the season – no one wants to talk about because it it's not exactly like a fun, happy-go-lucky story. Is the Miami offensive line completely, <laughs> completely rebuilt Those from the, em- kids. the embarrassment of last year? And they're playing really well, run blocking and pass blocking. And not this weekend. <laughs> we shall see. So that is the first hero pick. By the way, when I was talking to Wes about the standings, the look in his eye is the same look when someone challenges him on, in the cornhole ranks, and he has that look of fire and desire. I could see it. Vanquishment. The, the difference is he always wins at cornhole. And oh, there's a lot know. of weeks this left. Wes is not out of it. I'm, I, I'm, a, lot of, a lot of ball games. I take play. my chance on Dan at this point. I'd be lying if I said I felt more confident right now about these <laughs> games than I do about beating anyone in L.A. in Cornhole. What a player. I would honestly say, not to get too sidetracked, but Wes, if I had to pick one person in the entire Los Angeles County to play Cornhole and be victorious, it would be Chris Wessling. He's in this room right now, so autographs after the show. I don't think Cornhole has really hit L.A. yet. Wes is better at mm. cornhole than anyone I know is better at anything. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now we, that makes sense. Except yeah. Philadelphia ping pong. Mm, yeah, yeah, she's good. All right, so we move to now the second hero game. Mark, uh, obviously distressed after the Browns' loss last week to the Jaguars, as we just talked about. Now Mark believes that the Browns will become the first team in the history of the NFL. This is stat. Uh, according to Drew Christensen of NFL Media's research team, the first team in the history of the NFL to lose back-to-back to winless teams who had no wins after Week 7 or Week 7 or later. You think the Browns will lose at home to the Raiders, who stink. Oh, my God. And uh, and I said downstairs, I was, just, I was a little disappointed because I feel like this is not the mark that I know, that I've known for so long that is loyal to his team, but is also smart. He picks against the Browns sometimes. But this is not the time to pick against the Browns. They're the better team, and they're in their own building. Mark, I don't know how you're going to do this, but defend your hero. Well, I mean, it doesn't make me happy, but I think this is the perfect time to pick against the Browns. You know, I've been living with this uh, organization since 1986. <laughs> but it's a different world, man. It might be, and I, and I would love to see them make a mockery of my hero pick. 
But let's be Does honest. Do you feel like you're hedging your bets a little bit here? I don't think I am. I know I can understand why that was brought up, but I think they caught Jacksonville at the wrong time with a rookie quarterback and a team that was coming close to getting wins. And again, not super logical, but the Raiders played the Chargers very tough, and they played the Cardinals right down through three quarters last week. There are issues, and they can't run the ball, and that's a big problem for them. But I think Derek Carr is going to get a win pretty soon, and this sets up well for what would be an utter meltdown for the Browns (laughs) because this would trigger a quarterback change, number one, probably at halftime. And then from there, unless Manziel shines – which is an absolute question mark with what's going on with their offensive wow, we're line. We're already right looking now. ahead to Hoyer no, benched that, and Manziel in. What I'm sort of feeling is just a sense of doom. You are a factory of sadness! This to me, and Wes has a grin because this is everything Wes has been pushing for. It's this he'd poison. Be very excited about this. this. Po- it shows to me the poison is so deep within your veins. You can't get it out. You want it out, but you can't. The first sign of distress, and you, you're pulling out. You're putting up the white flag. I just feel that there's major turning points in every Brown season where things go south. <laughs> this not, feels like that turning point. This is me. not 2013. You think it's going to be a replay basically of last year when they not were Not a replay. No, not that, not that dire. But when you start ch- changing quarterbacks. Dire, losing to would. the Raiders and the Jaguars back-to-back is as dire as it gets. Well, they didn't win another game all year. Like, I don't see that. But I'm just feeling Wes, like this is going to trigger like a quarterback change. I'm grinning because if I just said all of the things that Mark said, you guys would be killing me <laughs> and saying that I was torturing Mark. Yeah. No, but that's Mark, why this is so well, painful. But that's because but I have actually changed my opinion after what I've One seen. One week. And Come on. Well, I'm fascinated by what you've said because you have a better read. You have better intuition on the Browns than we do. The difference between me and Wes is I'm not rooting for this to happen. I'm not rooting for it to happen. I know either. you're not. I'm kidding. By the way, late in the fourth quarter, uh, the weekend before that Jaguars game, they're beating the Steelers 29-3 at home. To, to say that one bad week, and you're, the, you made the point earlier, and it was the right point. It's why I picked the Jaguars last week, that they c- kind of were going into a bad spot there. This is not a bad spot. I might be overestimating this, and I know you don't feel strongly about this, Dan, but the difference of losing Alex Mack and having to move Greco over to the center and everything they do comes off the right side of that line. They looked like a completely that's, different football that's team. That's fine, but who's going to take advantage of it on the Raiders? Khalil Mack. Khalil Mack is one player. Charles Woodson's having a nice season, but there's nine other guys on that defense that aren't playing very well. I mean, you have Terrell Brown and Carlos Rogers and Miles Burris and all these jokesters who are getting hammered by pretty lousy offenses, and there's no reason to think that Kyle Shanahan, Wes's boy from the other week, isn't going to dial up some nice big plays and they score 30 points. You know what makes me – I think I know what it is. I hit on it because it's such a lost season for me as a Jets fan. I look at you as a Browns fan as someone that has some hope, and you're throwing away all the hope. And it's too early to throw away the hope. Well, by the way, whether I, can I throw have away hope, hope or not has zero impact on the game. If they win, <laughs> oh, I'll look on. at them differently. Don't distance yourself as a fan either. Come on. This seems like it's coming from a natural yeah, place, that's though. that's fine. I, I'm, a, a dark place. I'm less disappointed in the pick. I just don't think it'll wind up being right, and then you'll kill yourself for it because I think the Browns are a good team. I think they're going to be an 8-8 eight and eight type of team, and I think this is a week where they instead – of collapsing, they'll respond to what was a down week last week. I think, Greg, if I get Jags Raiders correct, both heroes, I'm going Odell Beckham. I'm gone for a month. <laughs> I'll just come back. <laughs> that, that would be amazing if you pull this off. So we'll see how it all shakes out. All right, let's go to the rest of the games. 
Uh, we will start with the Detroit Lions, who came out that great comeback win over the Saints in their building. Now they go to London. It's the wake up at Wembley game. Oh, yeah. And get excited. Greg downstairs actually talking like a kid on Christmas or <laughs> Hanukkah. <laughs> excited we celebrate to get Christmas up. at the Rosenthal's. That's cheating. You getting up in the morning. Much better format. One big day. It's great. <laughs> oh, Hanukkah is just part of the Christmas gifts. It's just one big event. Well, we just did Christmas. We're not really religious. Everybody okay. wins. I mean, just saying the format. As kids, we fought for one day, big smorgasbord Christmas. That's better than the, drawing it out over seven well, nights. Well, the, the Gentiles, when I was a kid, you'd be jealous of the Jewish kids at Hanukkah because you would say, oh, they're getting a gift every day. Mm. But then, really, if you peek behind the curtain... Because I had some Jewish friends, so I saw it was really going on. They really got like one gift on the first day that was good, and maybe one on the last day it was good, and the rest was a bunch of garbage. Well, and maybe like, on a Christmas morning, if enough people have been generous, and such, you roll like 20, 30 gifts on Christmas morning, depending on what's coming down the pipe. That's what I'm saying. It's like maybe not, not to be so jealous. Anyway, they, they don't have some fresh green tree sitting in their living room in the middle of December either. I had a fake tree. Hmm. What the hell's going on? We have, we have gotten to the heart of what those stuck, holidays are about. That's don't get me sure. started on fake Christmas trees. I know. I have a real one now in my home. All right, so the Detroit Lions, they had a, a really nice win. Now they go to London to play the Falcons. We are all out on the Falcons. If there was a anti-team of ATL, maybe it would be the Titans. But if it wasn't the Titans, it's probably the Falcons. We're, none of us like watching the Falcons there. They make everyone look good. They play horribly on the road. Uh, they waste a great quarterback. There's no way the Lions stub their toe in London, right? The wake up at Wembley. You were thinking about it. You were thinking no, of until taking I, the Falcons. I thought it was in Atlanta, and then I realized it was London. Mm. It's possible. It's if a the weird Lions week don't of have, preparation. Right. We've been saying the same things we've been saying about the Falcons' defense, we've been saying about the Lions' offense, mm, that they true. make every defense look good. And if you don't have Calvin Johnson, I don't know. I could see this game being wacky and the Falcons coming out There's on top. There's a chance they will have Calvin Johnson. There's some optimism, although they do have a bye week next week. The biggest mismatch, though, possible in the NFL right now is the Detroit defensive line against Atlanta's pass protection. Oh, my goodness. I mean, that's yeah. as bad as it I gets. I think their starting center, speaking of centers, is a undrafted free agent now because they're, the, they're down two centers now. Uh, I can't imagine that's going to go over very well with what the Detroit has going on. And their first-round left tackle hasn't blocked anyone since he had an ankle sprain a month ago. And yep. our uh, making the leap guy, Ziggy Ansah. Playing better Oofa. and better every week. Got one right. He's the one. <laughs> uh, moving forward, the Seattle Seahawks uh, coming off another loss. Now travel to Carolina. The uh, former team of ATL, the Panthers. Uh, gentlemen, the Seahawks at some point, we think, are going to get back on track. But are there concerns now? And, Wes, I'll ask you because you were high on them a couple weeks ago still being the Seahawks. Is this a team that we should be at least moderately nervous about being a little adrift right now? Sure. I think um, I, I like them better because of their offense, and I really don't have any concerns about their offense at all. Look what they did in St. Louis. That wasn't why they lost. It was their special teams and defense, couldn't, really. Couldn't run the ball, which was a little weird. I but thought. when your quarterback is responsible for 400 yards all by himself, your offense is fine. That's fair. Um, but their defense, uh, Ian Rappaport sent Greg and I an email saying, look, if you guys do any film study – you got to talk about how much Cam Chancellor is killing the Seahawks. And it's something that I think Greg and I probably saw even earlier in the season that he's just not playing like he was the year before. Byron Maxwell's out. Bobby Wagner's out. 
They're playing guys like Farrell Simon and Burley at cornerback. It's not, they're the just, le- it's not the Legion of Boom anymore. They're not getting any turnovers at all this year. No, they're not. Te- I think teams aren't in all of them like they used to be. I think the Seahawks game last week is one of the rare cases where a team psychologically was not necessarily in the right place to play a game. Hmm. Yeah, I'm sure they were shocked by the Harlan trade. I'd give the Panthers a chance because I think Cam Newton is good enough. He's coming off a disastrous game right right after I was talking about him as a top-five quarterback. He had by far his worst game of the year. Didn't really make mistakes early, and then they fell down 21-0. It's just this defense. I agree. That's why I took the Seahawks. We all took the Seahawks because I don't trust the Panthers' defense to hold Russell Wilson under – 28 30 points and, and that's a lot to ask cam newton to do do we think that someone like doug baldwin you know he had his best game in three years last week when they tried to when they removed percy harvin from the equation they had three straight 80 plus yard drives to close the game the offense like you said looked good i wonder if if this is the case where removing harvin from the mix is going to help seattle down the stretch mm. I Not on special so. teams, but, well, he really kind of seemed to bog things up for them when he was on the field in offense. They didn't. His stats were, un, like, disturbingly not good. To me, that seems like the justification for the trade. I don't remember anybody complaining about Harvin when he scored three touchdowns right in a row against the Redskins, and they were all called back on penalty. Yeah. Everybody was praising him then. Like, you could win a Super Bowl with Baldwin and, and Curse as your top two wide sure. receivers. But it's not going to be easy. That's a weak. There's no way that's not going to be a weakness all year. Uh, moving on to two uh, teams coming up big wins. The Rams, we just talked about it. They beat the Seahawks in their own building last week. The Chiefs went to San Diego and beat the Chargers. So these are two teams that are flying high right now, still in the mix, both teams. Uh, <laughs> the Rams are flying high. Well, of course you're flying high. You just beat they the gotta, defending They got to win. <laughs> Oh, I, you weren't a liar. <laughs> I, since when is beating the defending champions not a license I, to fly high? I just think it's funny that like one win and you're flying high now. I guess beating the champions isn't a big deal. Anyway, so the Rams and the Chiefs are playing. Wes, since you know all the answers, you uh, you analyze this one. <laughs> the Chiefs are the better team, so I picked them to win. All right. This is why he gets paid the big bucks. <laughs> the Interstate 70 uh, – Rivalry. I mean, you don't want to be in a household split up this week between Kansas City and St. <laughs> Louis fans just a few hours apart in the Midwest. Those guys get let crazy. Me, let me reset this, and let's try to take this seriously as uh, uh, employees of the company. Austin Davis, Alex Smith, who do you rather have as a quarterback going forward? Alex Smith, Alex no Smith. question. Alex Smith. He's the next Kurt Warner, Austin Davis. Didn't you listen to Brett Favre? Or Brian Hoyer. Or Brett Favre. One t- of those two. In that AFC West, I mean – Kansas City has to take care of business here at home. I, I picked them too, but you've got the Denver and San Diego five and one and five and two. They played. They played Thursday night. This team is set up to go on a run. You got St. Louis this week. You got the Jets next week. You got six of your final ten games at home. They had a really tough opening slate of games, and they've they've survived it at three and three. The defense is playing good team defense. Remember how bad they were at the end of last season? They were up and down, but they've they've really played pretty well overall this year, despite. In the secondary, it seems like they're not talented at all, but they've played well. Sean Smith's having a good year at cornerback. All right, moving on the Chicago Bears. A lot of tumult in uh, Chicago after a loss to the Dolphins last week. 
We heard the, the behind closed doors screaming or yelling. So there's a lot of animosity right there, potentially. But now they go to Foxborough. The New England Patriots are always good about – they always seem to catch teams at a very weak point where their constitution <laughs> is at its oh, lowest. relax. It's one of those classic uh, <laughs> Belichick-Brady-era type situations. So now the Bears, get, the Bears have to limp into New England. I think we know what's going to happen. I think it's going to be a shootout. Without Chandler Jones on the field – I think the Bears are good for about 500 yards every other week. People are acting like their offense hasn't done anything this year. They've had some explosive games, and, and I think this will be a game in the 30s for both teams. And that makes sense because what the Jets were able to do last week in a game that came real close to winning was just run right at New England's defense, and they had no issues with that. I, I mean, New England might be in a number of shootouts down the stretch, but the bottom line is they're going to be 6-2, and two, and that's halfway to 12-4, and four, same old story yep. in New England. I'm going to break some new ground here and defend Jay Cutler. Please. Wow. Hello. I mean, he's two weeks ago he's coming off the Falcons game where he throws for 400 yards and the Bears' offense looks unstoppable. He has one bad game and everyone's acting like he's he's a problem. He's having, I think, the best completion percentage and passer rating of his career through seven games. It's weird because of all the games to go crazy on Cutler afterwards, that wasn't – that terrible Cutler game, he had two turnovers. If Alshon Jeffrey holds on to a pretty well-thrown bomb to start that game, he's got another 60 yards. They go up 7 nothing. I mean, little plays like that change things. He missed a couple deep throws by just a little bit. It wasn't a terrible game by him. If Brandon Marshall had never played for the Dolphins, this wouldn't be a talking point all week. Right, and if the if the Dolphin, I mean, if the Bears defense could get Miami off the field, I mean, the Bears didn't have the ball at all in that game because Miami held on to it so long. And yet they're a very average team in a number of categories they're three and four and that is a disappointment for what we were hoping from mark tressman in year two all right let's move on to the worst game of the week two last place teams the minnesota vikings and the tampa bay buccaneers uh, squaring off in tampa uh mark it is your turn this week to make the one game that doesn't seem that exciting exciting by the way i initially had the bucks in this which would have been i think a hero pick Mm. No. Oh, is two, it not? Two of us have the Bucks. Oh, okay. Well, Dan and I. Dan and I I'll have failed you entirely. I mean, <laughs> th- th- here's what I want to see. If I'm after what happened with Minnesota last week, a- every game in, where they're running all over at Teddy Bridgewater and the lines crumbling, we see him not playing the way he could. In the one game against Atlanta, I thought Bridgewater was a very interesting quarterback, and I'd like to see what happens this week against that Bucks defensive Mark, line. Mark, your loose grasp of our pick segment never <laughs> ceases to stop entertaining me. Well, I am busy working on, you know, high content that needs to be published immediately and read by many people. I don't have time to sit around and glance at the picks page all day long. All right. Well, you're in first place, so it's working out. Something that working. is maybe that's the big takeaway that we got to talk about here is that Mark has no yeah. idea what's going on. <laughs> Doesn't even know who he's picking, and he's beating all of us. Well, I do know what's going on. Just once I've made the picks, it's gone. I'll let it go. <laughs> I have other things to think about. I'm just wondering how this Bucks defense is going to recover from the Daquan Bowers suspension. <laughs> no. well, that's all we got. I'm Addition by subtraction. I'm I'd just like to say that AJ Green is wrong. It's the Buccaneers who are the scum of the crop. Oh, how dare you? They're due. They're, They're the worst team in the NFL. I actually agree with you, and yet I picked them just because I thought these are two of the worst four teams right now in the NFL. I'll take the home team. Let's stop talking about this game. Let's move on to the Tennessee Titans at home with a new quarterback, Zach Mettenberger. We are uh, we are in the Zach Mettenberger era because 
Uh, they came out and said today, Ken Wisdom said that he's the quarterback. It's not just that Jake Locker has a hand injury. Jake Locker is the second-string quarterback now. Uh, clipboard Jesus. He has plenty of time now to work on those chords. Up, down, down, up. Up, down, and down, up. Uh, because he's the third-string quarterback. So this is the game. The Houston Texans going to Nashville face the Titans. Texans are not a bad team, and I think they're going to take care of business against – did I pick them? Yes. Against a rookie quarterback. J.J. Watson have some it fun. It says a lot to me about Ken Wisenhunt, and I like this about him, that he is got the skill to put players where they can succeed, and that's what he's doing with uh, Charlie Whitehurst. <laughs> Let's get him the practice time he needs. Get him on, on the, the clipboard. You know who disagrees with you, by the way, that, that uh, Ken Wisenhunt's answer? Matt Leinart, who went out, tweeted, I believe, that, oh, yesterday yeah. that – uh, I guess Locker is out, and soon the coach will be too. Just no, he said he said same old story. Well, he did say that. He also said same old story. Basically, Wiz- Wisenhunt not able to coach up a quarterback, changing plans. Matt Leinart still upset that he got benched for Hall of Famer Kurt Warner, who took the team to the Super Bowl. <laughs> hey, go, bro. hey, Matt Leinart, way to go out and prove Wisenhunt wrong the rest of your career. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, the Texans are not a good team. You said that to start. They're a mediocre team. They're a team with one I of said the best. They were good, did I? Yeah, you said, said they're they were... not bad. You said they're not bad. I think they're they are bad. a bad team. I think they're a six-win team that had a really easy schedule to start and has one of the best players of all time on it. And Ryan Fitzpatrick is not long for that starting job. Hmm. Nope, that's a good point. Although the beat, it, they just got to win this game, and we all picked them to win, I believe. Yes, we did. Before there, even knowing about Metzger, there is an inherent flaw in your logic there. By the way, to say that. The fact that the, one of the best players of all time is on the team is a reason why they you can't say they're I'm not saying bad. that's one of the reasons. I'm or saying good. they're a bad team that happens to have J.J. Watt on. Turn down for what? Oh, no. <laughs> Whenever that comes on, I feel like someone's punching me. <laughs> I feel me. like I'm under attack. <laughs> like a SWAT team is kicked in the glass and there's a, a smoke bomb in the room. Never do, again. Do we think – I think the Titans are a little bit more interesting now. Yeah, I, I want to watch a rookie yeah. quarterback play. Anything helps. Let's be honest. Well, Mettenberger was – he was interesting in the preseason too. I like – if anything, <laughs> yeah, you're kind of giving up on your season, number one. I mean, there's, I there's that. But also, okay, in Jake Locker, we're learning right now, is not the, he's not going to be the future if Wiz and Hunt and sticks around. To your point, I also am kind of team Wiz on this because finally a coach said, I'm done. I'm done with this Jake Locker stuff with always dealing with the injuries and when he's playing, he's not consistent. Why do I want to be tied to that? Let's move forward and see if we can find sure, something else. Ian Rappaport, our NFL media insider, added a lot of good insight, which is essentially they want to see if Mettenberger can be a guy that plays so well that will prevent them from drafting a quarterback because they've already made their decision on Locker. There's no chance that Locker is going to be their quarterback, so they might as well give it. I mean, we're mm. we're kind of – Acting like this is a normal – it's a sixth-round pick. I can't remember That's a sixth-round pick right. starting the game over a veteran in could go very eight. poorly, too. I think it could. could go very poorly. There's an asterisk there, though, because he was coming off the ACL surgery. Fair. Mettenberger, we saw him in the preseason, had a strong arm and was not afraid to take chances down the field, throw into tight windows. I think he might break the record for strip sacks, though, because – he has a throwing motion that looks like the oh, that's right. 1970s yeah. no, that's super right. jock toy where he just takes his arm <laughs> you, all the way back and throws like a javelin. It you makes ha- me think of the late season reports last year where Tennessee, whatever, whatever they thought about Locker this summer, were rumored to be going after Jay Cutler if he had become a free agent. I mean, they, they're, this is the second coaching staff in two years that's come to this decision. Wes, you, ha- I believe, have a 16-5 to lead on me in the where – Miller versus J.J. Watt sack competition we're having? 
could get seven or eight sacks tonight Ooh, uh, for a while. Ooh, I like that. That's no, I, honestly, I could get three sacks. Out Didn't of this game. Derek Thomas have eight in the game once? Yeah. That, he has the record. Yeah, Watt could do that. Especially if he, if he's um, matched up against Michael Orr. Has there been a <laughs> has there been a worse free agent signing? than Michael Orr in Tennessee. It was bad just because how did you expect him to do anything different than what he did in Baltimore? It's by the way, Clowney looks like he'll be playing at least a little bit in this game. So I have an answer, though. There is one worse. Lamar Woodley. Oh, my God. Five tackles on the season. Now he's out for the year. He wasn't playing. He played six games, including five starts, and had five tackles and no sacks. (laughs) And they gave him a two-year, $12 million contract. Yeah, Reggie McKenzie deserves another year. Sure. All right, moving on. The Colts and the Steelers, two uh, teams coming off wins. A shutout win for the Colts, of course, over the Bengals. The Steelers beat the Texans with that wild end to the second half, propelled them to victory. So now these two teams face off. This, to me, is a very tough game to figure out. Let's see how we went as a group. We all picked the Colts. I'm a little surprised there. Very surprised there, actually. Everyone pick it. This could be a zero pick. Uh, The Steelers (laughs) at home are going to get beat by the Colts. Why do we think that? It wouldn't shock me if the Steelers won, but I just – this to me is like the Ravens-Bengals games and, and the Packers-Saints game. I just think the Colts are playing at such a high level right now that I'm not going to pick against them, especially against a mediocre team like the Steelers. It's been a long time since mm. I picked against the Steelers at home, and I think it says to just how inconsistent they've been. You know, it was a kind of a freaky end of that half against the Texans, but – The same thing about Pittsburgh is they have the talent to play with anyone when that talent's playing well. But the Colts defensively have been much better lately, and it's Andrew Luck. I just I go Andrew Luck here. Andrew Luck didn't even play that well last week. He was okay. It was an average Andrew Luck game, and they trounced the Bengals. I mean, it's the guys around him now that are playing at a different level. Luck's gotten better, but the offensive line now is so much better. The defense is just blowing up plays. I mean, they played with a frenzy. Trent Richardson had his best game as a Colt. Yeah. They, What's his status? He, that's right. Well, he had a hamstring injury. I don't think it's going to be serious. He didn't practice today. In the end, it's not going to make a difference, I don't think, in them winning or losing this game. I am surprised we all took the Colts, but they've played like one of the two or three best teams in the league, and the Steelers, even in that Texans game, didn't impress me that much. I have a nightmare, Sessler, about this being a zero pick. <laughs> I'm having regret. Can I switch into a hero? Sure. Sure, I, I never have a that, problem right? with, with I, I never have a that. problem with switching. You're the guy. I want to open open the floodgates to switching all over the you place. You can't no, you can't take away someone's hero pick on a switch. That's that doesn't seem fair. A lot of times when we these switch rules these rules picks, they don't go our way. These hero picks mean nothing. I'm sorry, Dan. They mean. Ooh. Wait a second. They don't mean anything <laughs> to you, but they mean a lot to Greg. No, the, yes, the overall thing means yes, a lot. They do. I'll admit it, yes, but I don't really do. care about the hero picks. And if there were no hero picks, we wouldn't be able to hear Dave Grohl on our podcast, <laughs> who we pay a handsome sum to do that. Let's move to the final game of the week, the Monday oh, night game. By the way, actually, sorry, Dan, not yes. to interrupt you. Uh, it's now 3 o'clock. It's past 3 o'clock, Mark. So, Mark, do you want to get you want to get skedaddle? Yeah, I'm going to leave. Okay. No, don't really go, please. <laughs> he was going to go. He was going to actually go. <laughs> he Greg. called your bluff. It's actually 3.08. Greg, you got to go sit. You have to sit down with him after this show. We need to talk. All right, I'll stick around. We I'll, need to I talk about stay. just not cashing them checks. You know what I mean? Just because you got a long-term deal it doesn't mean Wait, you should change your motivation. I will not sit here and have you compare Mark to Albert Hainsworth. <laughs> <laughs> that is, Yeah, that is not fair. Uh, finally, the Monday night game, the Washington Redskins – Head to Big D to face the first-place Dallas Cowboys. Uh, now, Wes, is it, can I say the Dallas Cowboys are flying high? 
Absolutely. Oh yeah, they are flying. Who's super flying high. higher? Nobody. They have a they have a Tony Romo playing. Where is Tony Romo on Greg Rosenthal's QB index right now? All the way up to number five. Oh, my wow. goodness. Oofa, oofa. And uh, where is Colt McCoy on that QB index? <laughs> to be decided. All right. So Colt McCoy is going to play. That. Uh, Jay Gruden, who, by the way, I, I don't want to be a jerk about it, but the charisma did not carry over <laughs> from John to Jay in this, in this family tree. I don't get a lot of joy out of watching his press conferences, but he, he announced on Thursday that, they're not going to make a, a formal announcement on RG3's availability until 7.30 p.m. Eastern time of Monday night before Monday night football. But you could read between the lines. It's very obvious. He said they're preparing with Colt McCoy. He's the starter. He's getting the first start. Uh, Mark, I'll, I'll open, let you open this uh, discussion up amongst us all because you named your son after this guy. <laughs> well, I think Colt McCoy, through the preseason and what little we saw of him last week, has been efficient, if nothing else. I don't like the whole look and feel of the Redskins because it's not even November. You're on your third quarterback, and I can't help but remember how Gruden kind of framed the RG3 conversation when he was out. This isn't the guy necessarily that Gruden feels is his long-term answer. There just seem to be issues with the Redskins, and I'm not sure that even when RG3 is back, it's going to change much. Cole McCoy won the job over... Cousins, but that tells us nothing. Neither one of them might even be in the league two years from now. Who knows? I don't think Cousins will be with the Redskins next year. Well, not with the Redskins. I mean, they, they yeah. could have traded him for a third-round pick to the Browns. They missed out. Wasn't wasn't that the report that the Browns if offered they were, a third-round pick? If they pick were going to do Cousins? that, I, that is a depressing. <laughs> I mean, not this year. I'm talking to last year. They had their chance to get rid of him, and you got to give him a shot. I'm, I don't blame them for that. We all picked the Cowboys, obviously, and and I can't assume they're going to stub their toe anymore, but watch them do it this week. But I, w- I want to just throw it out to you guys just while we're here for posterity. So it's 10-23, October 23rd, Cowboys' final record at the end of the regular season. I just want to see how invested we are in the Cowboys. Greg, I'll start with you. I want to look at the schedule if I'm going to make a big prediction like this. No, just say it. Just let it rip. What are they now, 6-1? and 6-1. and 11-5. and five. I'm not Wes. 10-6. Mm. Wow. Mark. I'm going 12 and four. Okay, yeah, I'm kind of in the 11-12 boat myself. So you think they're going to come down to, down to earth, Wes? Huh? I don't think they're as good as six and one. 11 and five is coming down to earth, even. I mean, that's five and four the rest of the way. You have to. I think when you look at the Cowboys, you have to say, like any human being, your greatest strength can also sow the seeds of your destruction. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, give me a second to recover from that. Okay, go ahead. Why? Why do you say that? Because they are running, they mm. they are resting on Demarco Murray's brittle mm. shoulders, right. and this is a guy who's never been able to stay healthy. We can't say that in, in that heavy workloads make a running back more injury prone during during that specific season. The stats don't bear that out. But I think mathematically, the more touches you give a running back, the more likely he is to get injured. If you're giving Fair. a running back 400. And 80 touches, which he's on pace for, he's more likely to get injured. It's one player that you actually you really have to factor the injury possibility. Sure. But I'm not doing that in my prediction. I, if they if they kind of continue at where they are, I think that they're set up to have a 12 win type season. No question. Wouldn't this be the delicious week for it all to turn around? Colt McCoy, the Texas kid, goes into Dallas, and then if this was a made for TV movie about Colt McCoy's life. This is the apex. He gets well, the win against the Cowboys. You're missing one element. What if something happens to Tony Romo and it's Colt McCoy versus Brandon Whedon? 
Are you? Do you have a Sessler? No, I don't actually. I do not. I'm just thinking that would be an outrageously unjuicy <laughs> matchup. For you, though, it would be a little interesting. It would be fascinating. Yeah. I have a question for Greg. I know we don't we don't tend to rip on owners in this podcast, but not typically. But your whipping boy, general manager Jerry Jones. You should be giving him a little bit of credit for what he's done with this team. I think we have been for weeks, though, haven't we? I don't know that we've been saying Jerry Jones has built this. We have for picking up the offensive line that he did. Jerry Jones did a great job um, getting convinced by everyone around him not to take (laughs) Johnny Manziel, even though that's what he did, and months later he regretted it and talked about that regret. (laughs) It's so funny. If you strain hard enough, you can see that Jerry Jones had a vision with this offensive line. He drafted Gavin Escobar in the second round. Now they're running two tight end sets. Escobar's coming off his best game as a pro. Tyrone Crawford, they drafted in the third round, is playing awesome at defensive end. They've got a lot of good ingredients that Jerry Jones picked up. They've had a couple of good drafts, and the offensive line, I'm, I was kidding before. You should <laughs> give him a ton of credit and give the organization a t- ton of credit for building that lineup because it's all homegrown product. After 17 years of not doing so. Let's just be <laughs> honest. But yeah. All right, so that is it for Thursday's edition of the Around the NFL podcast. We will be back on Sunday night as we are every week to recap all of these games. So uh, thank you for listening. As always, this is Dan Hansa signing off for The Sizzler, The Mailman, The Boss, and Tay Day behind the glass. Until Sunday. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.